Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it Money Pit is presented by Bank of America. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Here to help you take on your new projects in this new year. If there's a project you'd like to get done, if you would like to redo your kitchen, if you'd like to update your bath, you want to do a new deck, you got a deck dilemma. Outdoor living is huge. Now it's going to get bigger even as the spring weather uh, hits. But there's a lot of contractors that are really busy right now helping folks get those spaces ready to go. If you don't know where to start, you can start right here by picking up the phone and calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit or posting your questions at MoneyPit.com. Coming up on today's show, tile floors. Tile is a timeless and durable choice for a floor. But you know what? Aside from the look, choosing the best type of tile is the only way to make sure that that beautiful floor is really going to last. So we're going to share some tips to help you choose the best tile and save money in today's smart spending tip. And did you know that with every breath you take, you might be inhaling not only clean, fresh air, but also VOCs, volatile organic compounds. Now, they can impact your health. So we've got some tips to help you understand and avoid those VOCs. And would you like to do a better job of taking care of your home, but you just don't have the time? Sorry. We're about ready to crush your dream and cross that myth off the list because we've got a series of home repairs that you can do in 30 minutes or less, 30 minutes or less. In fact, we actually have 30 of them that you can do in 30 minutes or less in our book. We're only going to check off three of those projects today and, and more as time goes on. Now, Arrow Fastener's got up for grabs for us this hour, the E21X wire stapler, and it's handy for all sorts of decorating projects, both inside and out. That Arrow E21 plus a supply of staples is worth about 50 bucks. Going out to one listener drone at random. Make that you. Post your question now at moneypit.com or pick up the phone and call us at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Heading over to Florida where Peter has lost power in the bathroom. Peter, what's going on and can you see what you're doing? Yeah, I had a uh, GFI go bad. And, and when I went to change it over, uh, for some reason, um, I couldn't get any juice to the receptacle underneath the sink. So I got juice to, to, to where I put the new one in. But uh, So I went down to Home Depot and listened to you folks all the time. And, 
I got a new one, and the gentleman over there told me to find the, you know, the hot wires go and put them on uh, on the receptacle where it says line, and then the other the other two uh, hook up on the bottom of it. Peter, do you know that the ground fault circuit worked properly and then it stopped working? Y- yes, sir. So it worked properly and it stopped working. Have you considered the fact that the ground fault circuit interrupter could be doing its job and then there could be a problem elsewhere in the circuit? Yeah, I didn't give a thought about that. No, I didn't. So I think that when ground fault circuit interrupters start to trip, people say, oh, it must be a bad circuit breaker. And they don't consider the fact that the circuit breaker is, in fact, doing its job, detecting a diversion of current to a ground source and tripping to prevent you from getting a shock. So the solution wouldn't be necessarily first to replace the ground fault. I would investigate further to see what exactly is happening and causing that to trip. I think, based on your description of of what you've done thus far, that this might be just a little bit above your skill set. And while we can respect the fact that you're doing uh, this on your own, when it comes to electricity, you want to get it right. And if you were to miswire that, and in fact, perhaps you, you know, there are different ways to hook up ground faults. And if you do it one way, you can get it to trip and not protect the rest of the circuit. So it would appear to be working correctly when, in fact, it wouldn't. So I, this is not the kind of thing I would recommend that you do yourself, Peter, with all due respect. I would definitely have an electrician look at this because I suspect that the ground fault is doing its thing. They rarely go bad. And if it's tripping, it's probably tripping because something is going on elsewhere in the circuit. The ground faults will cover everything that's on that circuit. So if you had, for example, a loose wire somewhere down the line and that was causing uh, some sort of an arcing condition, that could trigger the ground fault to go off. So contact an electrician. This is the kind of job that you should not do yourself because I want to make sure that uh, the problem is what you think it is and it gets properly fixed. Jessica in Missouri is dealing with a floor that's sinking in on itself. What is going on over there? Hi, uh, I live in a 120-year-old house, and um, my kitchen floor has, like, uh, settled maybe um, in the middle. Um, Like, if everything is not, like, strapped to my walls, it will go towards the middle of my floor. Wow. Yeah, so I didn't know um, if you guys had any thoughts about um, a repair on that, if you think maybe it's like a... uh, a joist underneath there, or... Yeah, but is this on a basement or a crawl space, Jessica? No, it's dirt. It's dirt. So you can't you can't really get under it? Um, I have a crawl space that I can get underneath it, but it's on the opposite side of my house. Okay, so can you get down there and physically examine the beams to see what's going on? Uh, yes, but it would take, like, the size of a small child to get underneath <laughs> there. Okay. <laughs> so there lies another problem is how to see what's going on, where the best place would be to go in at to try to get you know that listen i had i had to do a, a, a plumbing repair project on my own home in a crawl space that was about six inches taller than me flat on my back so i know how tough it is to work in spaces like that you got to kind of shimmy in uh, to get there but the thing is i am concerned with the sagging that somebody has a look at that those beams to make sure there's nothing structural going on like a termite infestation or something of that nature if it's just normal sagging well, I mean, there are some things that we can do from the top side to address that. One of which comes to mind is that you could use a floor leveling compound on this old floor. To do so, you're really talking about you know, the entire kitchen floor, including the cabinets, because to do it just in the middle you know, might not be enough. You really have to go 
you know, wall to wall on this room. And because it's a kitchen, it becomes very, very complicated to do that. But the first thing is to evaluate the structure to make sure that there's nothing going on there. Uh, and then the second thing is to look for a solution above it. It's generally not possible to raise up a floor that's already sagged, especially in a really old house, because it took 120 years to get in that position, and you're just not going to bring it back up again. Sometimes you can reinforce it a little bit with some additional beaming and stiffen it up a bit. But generally, if you want to level it, you got to do that from the top side and not from the underside in an old house. Okay? Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your guys' time. You're very welcome. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T, MONEYPIT. 
Well, Arrow Fastener makes a lot of really handy tools, and we've got one to give away on today's show. It's the Arrow E21 Cordless Electric Staple Gun. It's going to go out to one listener drawn at random. Now, the E21 is pretty much a must-have for any DIYer, a woodworker, or a pro. It's battery-powered. The battery life is like three hours, and it can fire as many 1,000 staples on a single charge. That's a lot. One charge a thousand shots. That's pretty cool. It's perfect for general repairs, upholstery, decorating projects, craft projects. It's going out along with a supply of staples. So the whole package of the E21 cordless gun and the staples is worth 50 bucks. It's going to go out to one listener drawn at random. You got to be in it to win it. So pick up the phone, call us with your home improvement question now at 1-888-MONEYPIT or post your questions at moneypit.com or facebook.com slash themoneypit. Now we've got Trenton Florida on the line who's dealing with a fallen apart popcorn ceiling. How can we help you? Well, uh, my popcorn ceiling is actually in my bathroom. Uh, it's, I guess, one night or something, my son had gotten it wet. And when it dried, it started flaking off the ceiling. Okay. And now it's just continuing to do it. <laughs> well, it's funny because when you get a popcorn ceiling wet, that's the, actually the way to remove it. You would spray it with, you know, some sort of garden sprayer and then scrape it off. So if you want it gone, he's got you on the correct <laughs> Now's path. the time, right? <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't want it gone, what I would do is this. I would um, take like a uh, maybe a, a stiff bristle brush and gently brush away, maybe like a dry paintbrush, you know, and, and just brush away all the loose stuff. And then you're going to pick up some uh, popcorn ceiling patching material. There's a number of different manufacturers of this. I know that Zinzer makes one. Homax makes one. It comes both on a trowel-on uh, finish and also on a spray-on finish. It looks like um, cheese in a can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it looks out. like cheese whiz. And <laughs> you can spray that on and recreate the popcorn effect that way. And then lastly, you're probably going to have to paint that ceiling and paint the entire ceiling to, to blend it in. But you got to get rid of the loose stuff, add the patching material, then repaint the ceiling, and you'll be good to go. Okay. Well, great. Well, thank you very much. Now, you've got options. You're very welcome. Julian, Missouri, which is probably freezing, just like everybody else in the United States of America has been this winter. Yeah, like way below freezing. So that's part of my question. We have um, a couple of huge hot water heaters, an 85-gallon and a couple of 50s. We have a bed and breakfast, and the hot water heaters are in the basement, and it seems like it's always the people on the third floor that get up first. And so there's a lot of water going down the drain of all that hot water. Plus, over the past couple of years, we've had frozen pipes, and not the outside walls. It's been in the middle of the room because the house was built in the 1800s, so that's pretty drafty walls. So I, I remember somebody telling me once about some recirculating hot water. So the pipes always have hot water in them. Maybe those hot water pipes wouldn't freeze. Well, first of all, um, hot water is only half of the equation here. You know, you, you're you going to be running cold water up to those rooms as well, correct? Like for a bathroom? Well, I guess. That's why I'm calling you, because you're the man. Yeah, so I mean, I would think recirculating hot water is not the solution here. Look, if you've got frozen pipes, or pipes that are that tend to freeze, there's really only a couple of things that you can do about this. And, then, and the most sensible thing is to insulate them. Now, if it's in an interior wall space, and you know where that wall is, one thing that you could think about doing is adding blown-in insulation to the interior wall. Now, normally you wouldn't do this, right? Because why insulate an interior wall? But that would be a lot easier than tearing a wall open. You've got to get insulation on these pipes if they're prone to freezing. And 
nothing else short of that is going to solve this. Uh, you know, I have in my house uh, a kitchen sink that had a pipe that ran up the exterior wall, and invariably in the coldest winters, it would freeze. The only solution there is to insulate the pipe. And when we couldn't get to that pipe to insulate it, what we ended up doing was actually moving the lines to a different location so they would be less likely to freeze. So there's always a solution. It's not always easy. But you've got to insulate those as a start. And if it's an interior wall, I would simply blow insulation into that wall. That's the fastest way to get some some warmth around those pipes and stop them from uh, from freezing. In terms of recirculating hot water, yes, there are ways to do that, but it tends to be very wasteful, and I don't think it would be cost-effective when you consider all of the uh, electricity it takes to run that water 24-7. Plus, when you're running that water back to the water heater, remember, your water heater is going to run more frequently, too, because it's actually going to be heating a lot more water, not only the water that's in the water heater, but all that extra water that's running through the pipes. So I don't think from a cost-effective perspective, even though you see, you, you, it seems like you're wasting resources and wasting money and wasting water, I don't think you're wasting so much that it would be anywhere near a break-even for you to put in the equipment it would take to recirculate it. Okay. All right. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. Julie, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, if you're planning a new tile project, you'll probably start your selection by narrowing down your tile colors and designs. But before you even get that far, it really is a good idea to understand the types of tile that are available. Now, for most projects, you're going to be deciding between two types, ceramic tile and porcelain tile. So let's start with ceramic tile. It's going to be made from a mixture of special clays and natural materials that are mined from the earth, then formed into shapes and then heated in kilns. Now, ceramic tile can be naturally colored or left unglazed like terracotta, or they can feature colored or highly designed surfaces, which can be glazed. Now, most ceramic tiles either has a white or a red body coloration underneath that glazed color top layer. Now, porcelain tile is actually a form of ceramic tile, and it's really popular among homeowners. These porcelain tiles are made of higher quality clays. They're fired at a much higher temperature than ceramic tiles, and this causes the porcelain tiles to be a lot harder, a lot less porous, making them more water-resistant, and they're more resistant to stains than ceramic tiles are because they have an absorption rate of less than a half percent. All reasons most porcelain tiles are very popular and they're suitable for both indoor and outdoor projects. And that's today's smart spending tip presented by the Bank of America Cash Rewards Credit Card. We're all shopping for essentials online these days. Get rewarded for it with the Bank of America Cash Rewards Credit Card. You can choose to earn 3% cash back on online shopping. Visit bankofamerica.com slash more rewarding to apply. Tim in New Mexico is on the line with a question about windows. Tell us what's going on at your money pit. Well, I am um, considering, my wife and I are considering putting in some energy-efficient windows. And so we've been shopping that a little bit. And it seems that there's quite a myriad <laughs> of uh, available products in that in that market. And 
and and one thing that I was looking at was the um, just the air void type windows versus the gas filled uh, windows. And um, one salesperson told us that that he recommended that just get the air void because the gas filled uh, that gas after a year or two will dissipate out of the window, which I had never heard that before. But um, in in essence, you're just left with an air void. So anyway, I was just looking for some guidance in that um, subject. All right. So when you say air void, what exactly do you mean? Because I'm not at all familiar with that term. Uh, well, basically, you know, it's a double paned window with which just just dead space in it, and there's it's not gas filled person. So instead of argon, it's just got air. Right. That's not going to insulate. The reason to use those gases because the gases are insulating gases. And I don't buy at all the fact that the gases leak out. That's just not true. The it, only way the gas will leak out is if you have a seal that fails. Yeah, these good quality windows, these seals will these seals will last a long time. You know, twenty years is not unusual for these glass seals to last that long. So this sounds to me like uh, you know you're getting advice from a salesman that wants to move his product over another one. It's not a given that this gas leaks out in a year. That's ridiculous. I would buy a good quality window from a name manufacturer. You know, buy a Marvin, buy an Anderson, buy a Pella. You know, stick with a good name brand, and you're going to get a good quality glass uh, panel there that's going to last a long, long time. Okay. Okay. I I believe these were um, Henry Dawn, I think was the brand of these. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really small brands out there that are basically made for the re- for the remodeling industry okay. and for the replacement window industry. And they're just manufacturing a replacement window in their own brand. You know, they're just putting the whole thing together. But there's not a super manufacturer behind it that, should you have a problem down the road, would have your back. Yeah, I would look at the name brand, and I would look at also at, at uh, Energy Star certified windows. Okay. I appreciate it. Tim, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Learning something new every day, Leslie. An air void. I've never heard that term. That's a that's a new one. They turn uninsulated glass into something that sounds good. Right, it's an air void. Oh no, that's an air void. <laughs> I mean, you're going to end up with an air void anyway. It's yes. void. And this window is insulation free, so you're not going to have to worry about any of that pesky insulation getting in the way of your of your view. <laughs> Joan in California needs some help with a kitchen remodel. How's it going? Yes, well, we haven't started yet, and I just need some advice on how to get started. Do you start with an architect, or what do you do? That's a good question. So planning makes perfect. You want to start with a plan. Now, are you essentially going to replace the kitchen in sort of the same layout that you have right now, Joan, or are you thinking about really changing things up a lot? Well, it's a very small kitchen, and I just want to know how to maximize everything. All right. So if it's a small kitchen, you can probably do this inexpensively by perhaps starting with a home center. A lot of the home centers have designers that work on the ca- work on designing kitchens for the cabinetry that they sell and for a very small fee, they can help you lay it out and take advantage of all of the latest options. If you want to do more than that, what you're going to do is hire a certified kitchen and bath designer. But this is sort of like hiring an interior decorator that works just on kitchens and baths, and that's going to cost you a few bucks. But if you want to just do this an easy way, I would start with a home center in the kitchen department and see if they'll lay out some options for you 
uh, using the using the type of cabinets that they sell. Those cabinets are usually pretty affordable at that level, and you know you'll they'll be able to give you some ideas on things perhaps you haven't thought about. You know what, Joan? I think it's really smart to keep a notepad in the kitchen, and everybody and anybody yourself and your family who use the space as you walk through and notice little areas where you're tripping over one another or things that just don't make sense or you wish that you know X was here and not there. Sort of jot all of those down so when you do go sit down with whether it's you know a certified kitchen and bath designer or someone in the home center, you sort of have all of these issues that could be addressed or might be able to be addressed. One thing I really want is more electrical outlets. So that'll have to definitely be in the plan. Well, that's definitely in the plan. And, and, you know, you'll do these things in order. The first thing you'll do is rip out the old cabinets. And the next thing you'll do would be to rough in new wiring and new plumbing to have it exactly where you want it. And then, of course, you'll start the installation of the new cabinetry as almost the last step. It's also a good time to think about universal design in the kitchen, maybe having countertops of different height. So as you get older, you could sit down and work at the kitchen counter as opposed to just standing up. So think of the uh, the sort of accessibility issues when you design this kitchen as well. How much uh, time should I allow for something like this? Well, it depends on whether you have sort of all your ducks in a row. Sometimes it takes a while to get all the, the uh, cabinets delivered. But if everything is accessible and on site, you know, you can tear out this kitchen and rebuild it inside of a week. Oh, wow. <laughs> if you have everybody lined up and everybody's there when they need to be there and, you know, the, the plumber shows up on time, the electrician shows up on time and so on. Sure. I don't see any reason you can't get it done in a week. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Good luck with that project, Joan. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, many products in our homes can contain VOCs, which stands for volatile organic compounds, and they can impact your health. Now, VOCs are tough to completely eliminate, but not so tough to reduce your exposure to if you know where to look. So we've got some tips to improve your indoor air environment. First, what products exactly do contain these VOCs? Well, the answer is a lot, (laughs) a heck of a lot. I mean, there are ingredients in hundreds of household products that you use every day, from insulation to air fresheners to cleaning solutions to paint. These all have VOCs. Even baby powder can have VOCs in it, and they've been linked to health problems from headaches to asthma or worse. So it makes sense to keep your exposure to an absolute minimum. Now, whenever possible, you can look for products that say low VOC. It might be a different version of the same product, but they're out there. And there are more and more green versions of products coming onto the market every day. And these are really quickly becoming the norm, meaning that they won't cost much more than the original formulation. Now, you want to keep anything that's super smelly outside. Products like paint thinners, pesticides, and gas cans are a big source of VOCs. So the further away they are from your living space, the better. And if you're Taking on a project like painting and the odors are strong, ventilate, ventilate, ventilate. Even leaving windows open for a couple of hours after the project is complete. You got to get that fresh air in and turn over those VOCs and get them out. Now, you can also check for Green Guard certification. That Green Guard certification means that a product has met some of the world's most rigorous and pretty comprehensive standards for low emissions and low emissions of volatile organic compounds in particular into the air. So being aware of this is half the battle, guys. If you know what to look for and you know what to check, you could definitely limit your exposure. Give us a call. Let us know what you are working on. And you might just win a pretty awesome tool this hour. 
We've got up for grabs the Arrow E21 cordless electric staple gun. Now, the E21 cordless electric staple gun really is a must-have if you are a DIYer, if you're a woodworker, even if you're a pro. It's got a battery life of up to three hours, and it can fire as many as a 1,000 staples on a single charge. Perfect for repairs, upholstery, decorating crafts. It's a great tool worth about 50 bucks, and it's going out to one listener drawn at random. Robert in North Dakota, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? I have a friend who's uh, planning on building a, a horse arena, an indoor horse arena, uh, the place where we board our horses. Uh, it's going to be a very large arena. I'm sure they're going to inflate it well. There will probably be some stalls inside, uh, dirt floor so uh, for riding. Uh, so there will probably be some bobcats you know, in and out of there occasionally changing the dirt out. And my question is, as far as heating, she's doing some research to try to find the best uh, you know, cost-effective and efficient way to heat this. Uh, so far, I think she's kind of narrowed it down to coal. Uh, I mentioned to her about solar. Uh, I also mentioned geothermal. What, in your opinion, would be the best efficient and cost-effective way to heat this arena? So first of all, when you talk about solar and, and coal, you're talking about fuels. What kind of heating system does she want to use? Well, I think I suspect she might be using water. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking under the dirt possibly a water type uh yeah i don't know how that's possible if you're going to have bobcats driving over that i would think that's too heavy what about um you know some sort of uh, blowers well yeah like a forced air system i mean that's probably going to be something in, in in line with that approach now in terms of solar what i would do is if i was building a barn i would make sure that i designed it to take advantage of passive solar energy so essentially, you would design the windows in the barn so that it captures uh, the, sun, the sun in the winter and protects of, from overhead sun in the summer. So it doesn't overheat in the summer, but, but traps some of the heat in the winter. The idea of passive solar energy as a design concept is something she definitely should look into. Uh, in terms of fuel, you know, it doesn't, the fuel is only part of the equation. It's really what kind of system you're going to use. So if you were going to use coal, I, doubt that you're going to be using a forced air system. Okay. You're probably with a forced air system. I, I don't know that I've seen it coal fired. I've seen forced air uh, with wood fire. And I've also seen wood fired boilers where you have a wood fired boiler that would convert uh, to a hot water coil that air is blown over in the sense it's an air to air heat exchanger that way or a water to air heat exchanger. Okay. So you don't think the coal uh, as the energy source maybe somehow work uh, with the forced air combined? It depends on what the heating system is. It's got to be properly matched with the heating system. Okay. If coal's readily available and there's a system that's designed to work with it, then it could be a fine fuel, but it really depends on what the system is. It is readily available. It's about uh, probably 10 miles down the road from where she's going to build this, this facility. Uh, I see why she's interested in it then, yeah. If I was you, I would focus on the system first and the fuel second. And if you want to use coal as the fuel, just make sure you have a good, efficient system in which to burn it. All right. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it and love your show. Well, if you keep telling yourself that you don't have time to do anything around the house, we're going to, like, you know, ruin your dream here because we're going to call your bluff. If you got 30 minutes or maybe less, there are a lot of home improvements you can get done to your house. So here are three to start. You got a stuck window? 
30-minute project. If that window hasn't opened since, like, ever, it's probably because it's painted shut. So the solution is this. Grab a putty knife and run it between the window sash and the window jam. The sash is that part that slides up and down on a double-hung window, and the jam is the part that it slides in. And if you run that putty knife between the window sash and the window jam, you will break the paint seal. If it still doesn't budge, what you can do is close the window and put a block of wood on top of the lower sash window, and then tap it towards the outside ends, like where the seam is in the sash, where the window panes come together. Just give it a quick tap with a hammer as if you're trying to close the window. What that will do is it drives it down just enough to, again, break the paint seal and get it moving all over. Now, here's another one. Exercise. You know it's good for you, but it turns out exercise is also good for your circuit breakers. About every six months, turn each breaker off and back on again. Then every month, push the test button on the GFCI to make sure it stays flexible and strong, just like you after a good workout. You can also check for water leaks in less than 30 minutes. Turn off all running water and then check your water meter. If it's moving, you got a leak. You can also check your fixtures and faucets for leaks. You can run water in the sink to test the overflow. Just block the drain, let it go up like in your bathroom sink to the overflow, and then look under the cabinet to see if there's any leaks there. If you want to test a shower pan for leaks, take a washcloth, put it in the shower pan, block the drain, and then put in about three or four inches of water. Let it sit for about 10 or 15 minutes. Keep an on the area underneath that. So if it's the second floor, watch underneath in the first floor. If the shower pan is cracked, you will find that leak very, very quickly. So just be prepared to go let the water out of the pan, and then you can go about the business of actually replacing it, which, by the way, is not a 30-minute project. You'll find it in less than 30 minutes, but fixing it, it's going to take a little bit longer. Susan, in Texas, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Okay. My house is approximately 100 years old, and it's pretty much been redone. Uh, but I was taking some sheetrock off one of the walls in one of the rooms, and I know that all my walls behind the sheetrock on the walls and ceiling are one by sixes, very close together. And so I was thinking about taking the sheetrock off, I guess staining or doing something with the one by sixes. But I want to know how you seal the cracks, you know, where the one by sixes join each other. They're small cracks. So the one by sixes, are they on top of like plaster or something like that? It sounds like they're referring strips that were put in place to hold the sheetrock. Is that correct? Uh, no. Uh, behind the sheetrock, the one by sixes, and then on top of that one by sixes is old tiny wallpaper. Oh, okay. So this is the original walls of the house. All right. Interesting. Yes. So you wouldn't seal the cracks. You would basically celebrate the cracks. You're not going to hide them. So... Uh, what, what would you like to do with the one by? Do you want to paint it or stain it or what? I want to stain it. I want natural wood. Okay. So you've got a big sanding project in front of you, but you can do it. You know, you're going to have to use a pretty coarse sandpaper to cut through whatever's there. Uh, you're going to have to sand them down, and then you can seal that wood, and you can stain it, and you can put a, a, a varnish on it or a urethane on it. I wouldn't use anything with much of a sheen to it. I'd probably use flat or semi-gloss. You can stain it, but then you can use a flat polyurethane. It has no sheen to it. Okay, well, thank you. All right, well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Give us a call, post a question, whatever you like. We're here to lend a hand. Grace in Rhode Island posted a question saying, I have a two-bath house, and I'd love to have a laundry room closer to my kitchen. Presently, there's a bathroom just across the hall that would make a great spot for this. Should I give up that bathroom and convert it to a laundry room? Ooh, a two-bathroom house and losing one? Uh, I don't like that at all. You know, I, I understand her frustration, but I think training the kids to not let laundry pile up in the hall is probably 
the best bet for a whole lot of reasons. The biggest one is this, home value, right? I mean, it's determined in part by the number of bathrooms and bedrooms you have in the home. And if you eliminate a bathroom, your home value will definitely go down and probably buy a lot. And if you're in a development of homes that are similar to yours, which most of us are, uh, and if you got the one with a single bath, you may have a much harder time finding a buyer. Your home could end up sort of being that like odd man out, so to speak. So even though it would cost less than neighboring homes, many home buyers won't even consider it. So I would definitely stick with the current layout you have now and perhaps invest in some better laundry room organization and a stern talking to with the kids about where that laundry belongs aside from the hallway. Yeah, I mean, everybody in their room needs to have a laundry basket. It's got to be the appropriate size for the amount of laundry those kids produce. I know my boys produce a tremendous amount of laundry. So if you can give them the space to sort of contain it and remind them that it goes in there. And let me tell you, Grace, if you figure out a way to get your kids to actually turn their clothes right side out, when they put them in the laundry basket, just call me back. I'll give you my number. Call, call me directly because that's what I need. But you got to get organized. Have spaces in the laundry room that's available for sorting. Keep your uh, laundry supplies, detergents, etc., all in an accessible spot. Maybe you get one of those wall-mounted shelves that you, you – I don't know what the layout of the space is, but if there's a spot on a wall for a shelf with some sort of pegboard storage underneath or something that maybe you can create you know, a pull-out drawer or a cabinet – you got to send us pictures because there's so many solutions for tiny spaces and you can find the right piece for that spot that'll allow you to keep that laundry room organized and keep your keep your sanity more importantly and keep that bathroom because as a lady who's only got one bath with two kids you don't want that <laughs> exactly you want the bathroom especially when they become teenagers oh god we're there i just want the bathroom i want my own bathroom what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket. Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Well, if you're like most of us, there are probably some areas of your home that are just not lit very well. Good lighting is key. Not only does it make your home look bigger, it can also be a lot safer. Leslie's got tips on how to brighten your spaces in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie, take it away. Well, first of all, in living and reading areas, you obviously need plenty of floor lamps and table lamps, but you just need to make sure that those lamps point toward the activity and not towards you. Now, one area where direct lighting is super important is the kitchen. If you've got one main overhead light source, consider adding additional pendant fixtures above work surfaces and then even task lights mounted underneath your cabinets. 
Now, if you have a room that's tough to fill with natural light, like maybe it only has one window, an easy fix is to place mirrors in strategic places to bounce that light around the room. And if someone in your family has vision problems, you can take advantage of high contrast colors, put a dark switch plate on a light wall, and choose bright colors for furniture and accessories. And lastly, don't forget about using natural light. Replacing solid curtains with a sheer is a great way to allow softened sunlight into the room, but still gives you a bit of privacy. If you want some more easy lighting tips, visit MoneyPit.com. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Coming up next time on the program, did you ever notice that grout is the one part of your bathroom that never, ever looks clean? I mean, maybe the day you put it in, but after that, not so much. We're going to share some grout cleaning secrets to make that dull disappear on the very next edition of the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 